Well, good morning, everyone. This is Chris Joslin again, your host for another edition of Jaws Bites, coming to you direct, episode number 60, I believe, to bring you and the community more information about the transportation logistics industry, maybe from a little bit different point of view. Oftentimes we have folks on, uh, or I talk myself about where I see things are headed, where they are now, some of the different things that are going on in the industry, inside and outside, the, the different view uh, from an international standpoint or a national standpoint or even a California standpoint. Today we have a little bit different viewpoint. I'd like to start trying to get some younger logistics folks on the program to talk a little bit about their perspective on some of the issues that pertain and their challenges they face, where they see things are headed. And generationally, it's unique um, to bring on younger people that have a different kind of learning behind them, a different kind of background, and uh, are frankly putting in a different kind of effort to move logistics into you know, a, a new, I was gonna say a new century, but we've been here for a while, but it seems like sometimes some of us older folks are lagging in last century. So uh, today we have a special guest named Justin Lim coming to us from a company called Illumina, very important company in the industry of gene sequencing. A lot of the things in biotech today revolve around a company like that, but as all companies they do, there is a supply chain logistics uh, arm to that that's really important to talk about and, and discuss. So without further ado, Let's welcome the analyst from Illumina Corporation in San Diego, California, Mr. Justin Lim. can't thank you enough for for being on for a few minutes though i know it's taken time out of your schedule and and like we said yes, of course I started recording this it's the schedule is kind of all over the place sometimes you're at home sometimes you're at work sometimes right. you're in meetings but uh, i i can't tell you how much i appreciate you spending a few few minutes because i i had this discussion justin with some of my team the other day and mm -hmm. Uh, one of that, one of my teammates, who happens to be my daughter too, who I've you've met, um, <laughs> pointed support, out eh? that yeah. she, she's a great support. She's, but she yeah. she pointed out that uh, sometimes my perspective is a little old school. And I thought, <laughs> you know what? I, I got to start getting some people on the podcast that are of a different generation that look at things a little uh, bit differently. So, uh, thank you for getting on with me and spending a few minutes. And frankly. The business you're in, the industry you're in, mm -hmm. it's people don't generally think about your industry mm -hmm. as something mm -hmm. that is really focused in on the supply chain as much as they should. They always talk about the technical aspects and DNA right. and sequencing and all that kind of stuff. But right. but thank you again. And maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Just take a couple of seconds and do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, first of all. Chris, um, thanks for having me here, and I'm glad to be, you know, help uh, here and uh, whatever you're doing in, in the business. So, yeah, for myself, uh, I've been working, as you know, uh, previously in Samsung for about eight years and moved a totally different 
field from consumer electronics to now I'm working at Illumina, which is uh, focusing on DNA sequencing and pretty much all biotech stuff. So it's definitely different, totally different field. And, um, you know, when I was working at Samsung, we, you know, as you know, we mainly deal with a lot of truckloads, rails. And now when we're talking about biotech, it's usually we deal with a lot of temperature sensitive products like cold chain. So we ship a lot with air shipments and, you know, small parcel with the UPS. Usually we're trying to ship as within 24, 48 hours uh, for international within 72 hours. So it's totally different. Um, the carriers and the mode of utilization was totally different. So it's kind of very hard to get adopted. But uh, now being here in Illumina for about three years now, um, you know, got myself controlled. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, continuously working here. You know, that's yeah. a, that's amazing. Between those two places, you've been in the industry for 11, over a decade. I can't, no, I can't I believe that. I can't believe that. That's what I'm saying, Chris. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's interesting, and I think it's uh, worth pointing out that, you know, supply chain is not just about, I mean, we, we all get pigeonholed, right? At Samsung, you were looking at a certain type of freight moving dry goods, finished goods primarily, I would imagine, though you probably did some right. raw material stuff as well. And, right. and in with Illumina, now you've got a couple of different aspects to that. You've got, you know, several different types of machines, you know, that right. do sequencing, analyzing of, of DNA and genomes, right. et cetera. But right. the cold chain that you mentioned, that kind of surprises me because you're, are, is Illumina dealing with the actual doing the sequencing and having the uh, DNA sent to them, or is that outsourced? Is that something that, I yeah, thought you were just through the machines. Yeah, good question, Chris. So, I mean, Illumina is a biotech. We're, um, I can share that screen a little later, but yeah, we have uh, sequencers, um, like which is like you mentioned, if you think about it as you know, printer, right? So we have, we have totally patent printers of genomic sequencing machines. And anything goes in there. I'm giving you an example as a printer because, you know, the ink or papers that goes into the printer, it's all manufactured by us because it's all 100% patent-based products. So it's not like you, you know, buy ink from outsourcing, you know, different stores. Like for us, Illumina, anything that goes into the machine, we have to manufacture. There's no other hmm. providers to provide it. So... We have an instrument business and also we have a consumable business that goes into like buffer cartridge or buffer solutions that goes into the machine. Um, you know, there's some chip that goes into the machine has to be replaced once in a while. So those are the another huge revenue for us. So mm -hmm. um, if you look at our revenue yearly is around $4 billion and about 60% of the revenue is coming from the consumables, like what's, whatever goes into the machine. And 40% is the actual machine selling business. And also, gotcha. so it's, you know, not, it's not just the machines itself that you're right. selling. It's all the, 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 the refurbishing the, as you said, the printer cartridges, exactly. so to speak, things like that. Exactly. And then also we have, you know, a lot of partnership with the various, you know, like a biotechs, like Moderna, Pfizer, or we have, you know, Roach, which is a, you know, heavily reliant, you know, cancer screening test and stuff like this. So we, we actually deal with a lot of patient samples. So some, some of the customers send the patient samples like blood or, you know, like for, for example, 23andMe, Ancestry, and we actually do some of those type of sequencings with our machine. So we have a patient uh, sample coming in for the lab service, 
And then also we have, you know, customers who buying the machines from the hospitals or from a lot of universities uh, utilizing our machines to do uh, generation sequencing. So, yeah, many different businesses going on. Yeah, many different supply chains. And I, I talk about this a lot of times. People always think of supply chains and they'll think a ship or a truck or something mm. like that. But there's a lot more mm -hmm. to it than that. Not just the air freight, not just the cold chain kind of supply chain you're talking about, but inbound and outbound, both things as right. small as the the uh, 23andMe is a great example, right? They, they send you mm -hmm. a swab, a little a little box, a little container, and you swab right. your, your exactly. mouth, you send it into them, and suddenly they... <laughs> Of course, there's a lot of mm -hmm. there's a lot of privacy issues people talk about that. We won't get into that today, but yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting because I thought I thought Illumina was basically let's make the machines and send them out there. But what you're saying mm. is every component, every portion of that machine is something that is uh, proprietary, so that exactly. Illumina controls that part of it. And so it's yeah. probably a, I don't know what kind of competitors are out there for you, but there's probably a a real strong drive for market share. And if you've got a exactly. A, deal with Roche or with Moderna or those guys, right. this industry is exploding. How are you exactly. being able to source all the raw materials needed to create this stuff? Yeah, so we have a bunch of uh, sourcing partners like from Singapore and we have some US-based uh, suppliers and it's very, you know, well, let's say diverse, diversified location. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're trying to of course, for us, this cost savings is always the, the huge issue because now, nowadays we're spending so much money on just the supply chain and the transportation fees. So right. we're trying to use ocean as much as possible for those materials that are coming in for the instruments, uh, making instruments. It's, it's pretty much all raw materials. We're trying to shift from the ocean, but it takes months and months. You know the port congestion more than anyone, right? So exactly. we now we have to ship as you know air. We're not like you know consumer electronic where we build up all at once and then just store it in some place and sells. It's not like that, right? So, so time sensitivity depending on how urgency and in the factory you know demand. We sometimes have to outsource from by air and or ocean. Um, this optimum situation, but it's really depending on the market condition and situation. Yeah. I would imagine yeah. that, that holding a lot of raw material inventory is never the goal. Well, it's never the goal for anybody, but with right. your industry, I would imagine it's even less so, especially exactly. if there's cold sensitive stuff that you have to do. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's, that's real interesting. And, but I don't, I don't know how you, except for large stuff that you need for framing these machines, et cetera. I can't imagine using ocean would be. Ideal for it. Ever. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. I, I would mm -hmm. imagine planes are, planes are the main the main thing exactly yeah yeah and, and keeping so, up but, but what about keeping up with demand though because the industry is exploding especially over the last couple of years with all the i mean right i i, I was watching something from i, I believe it's your ceo is uh, d'souza right yeah francis I, I was i was watching something from him at the most recent world economic forum how he was talking mm -hmm. about you know, the cost of things, I think he said it was 2007, it was like $150,000 mm -hmm. to do a, a sequence, a normal gene sequence. Right. And right. right now it's like 600 bucks, something exactly. along the way. And it's predicted to go down another eightfold or so in the next five, six years, something mm -hmm. like that. And, That's our and target. Right. That is, when it gets to that kind of ubiquity, everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to know their own genome exactly. sequence, et cetera. And mm -hmm. especially 
the drug companies because designer drugs, mm -hmm. i.e. Right. what's happened with Moderna and MNRA and mm -hmm. things like that, it's just going to explode. I, you're going to be you're going to be busier than ever. Right. So um, as I mentioned, you know, Illuminate you know, investing a lot of money on partnership and also we recently acquired uh, this grail, which is uh, fo heavily focusing on, you know, cancer screening. So in our future, right, um, like you mentioned, it's very, very bright as biotech, as um, we, we use every single genomic sequencing to make, for example, customization on in a medicinal drug. Uh, for example, your gene, you know, based on your gene, how much, what type of disease are more exposed or, you know, what type of cancer is more, uh, you know, vulnerable than we create basically customized pill for that. So it's, it's yeah, future is very bright and uh, our investment in variety of different biotech, you know, at the partnership to, it's, 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 it's very active, right? So, you know what they, yeah. they need to do, Justin, they need to, they need to have something where they can do a screening for um, yeah, us follically challenged people. And when they're when we're about 25 that's so that on this go. age i don't have to deal with this <laughs> hopefully right in 10 years we can have you would think medicine you would think. yeah yeah i mean anything is possible chris uh, yeah. with the with the dna everything's done with the dna to worry about. something you don't <laughs> no, actually worry. i'm losing i'm losing some hair here so yeah well you stay in this up. industry long enough and that's part of the <laughs> <laughs> right so chris if you don't mind um i'll Quickly share Please, the screen here ahead. with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, before we kind of go into more detailed discussions, I just want to kind of share here with you on the. Uh, oh, some of the technologies, yeah. Yeah. So what type of products we have? Let me see. I mean, if you see my screen real oh, quick. Oh yeah, I got it. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yeah, so just briefly, you know, again, we, we covered this one already, but just kind of give you a little bit heads up on what type of sequencers we have and what are they are the sequencers designed for specific types of things or are they just like levels mm -hmm. of sequencer? Yeah, to be honest, you know, these are very we have so many different sequencers and they provide different um, services, um, but we have from small um, reading. So basically what I mean by that is, you know, we have numerous genomic DNA um, for each person, right? And depending on the customer's need, they purchase the different type of products. Of course, they have a different price range, but mainly focusing on, you know, the length of sequencing read. So for example, I seek here, you see is a very small tool where to do short-term sequencers and all the way up until Nova 6, 6,000 is our biggest uh, and then most expensive product, which can read up to, you know, pretty much unlimited length of the sequencing. So, so we have a variety of different of uh, sequencers and, you know, right now we have a new products coming up in end of this year. And then, you know, every year we're trying to come up with, you know, new products to, to, to show in the market, you know, what type of sequencing we can offer. Right. So yeah, faster, are, better, bigger. Yeah. Exactly. Faster runtime, you know, bigger output on the uh, sequencing reading uh, technology. So these are the all the lineups. We mainly have right now eight of these products uh, we're selling as a instrument uh, instrument sequencers, and we currently own about 80% of a market share on the uh, genomic sequencing market. So it's pretty big market. Uh, we are I would imagine. Sharing. I would imagine mm -hmm. that um, you know different governmental agencies have interest mm -hmm. in 
in these as well. Maybe that's something yeah. you can't can't talk about as much, but but certainly, mm -hmm. or you know, it, I've always often wondered because you you hear people talk about all kinds of things with the twenty three and Me or with Ancestry and all right. the different things that they're going on and and the ability for them to quote unquote sell the information. But here you are, the ones that make the sequencers themselves. And I, I don't remember where I read it, but I was I was reading something about um, cloud technology being utilized mm. or coming up on being utilized mm -hmm. for sequenceability as well. Does that mean mm -hmm. someone like a AWS owns or buys some of your stuff and then you can do the sequencing from them? Or is it where you guys are doing the sequencing and then something is broadcast? Uh, my knowledge from that is, uh, you know, we do our own sequencing and we, of course we have a lot of, uh, you know, database like that. You mentioned AWS or, you know, the cloud-based sequencing um, type of stuff. I don't exactly know, but right, right. yeah, we, I'm pretty you know, sure. I, I think I actually saw that here, Chris, um, in the partnership, I saw there's a Amazon AWS in a partnership with Illuminus. That means uh, we have some some you know partnership with amazon well this type of stuff. you know the interesting thing about that justin is that i you know i get excited about all the technology out there i i i'm not mm -hmm. a geek, but i i i can see how fast we're moving in certain directions exactly I, I don't even know if we can see five years into the future on stuff like this and know where it's going mm -hmm. you know it's the stuff that seemed impossible i i think it was only maybe 20 years ago now that they did the first gene sequencing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not a lot of time. That's really not right. in terms of, of change. It's not a lot of time. And yet now we're talking about bringing the price of doing anybody's sequence down to something anybody can afford to do. Amazing. Exactly. Oh. That, so. That's great. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, if you look at the cars, right? Right now, they just autopilot. By using cloud-based technology, it's just applying for it. Now, the truck, you see the you know, the now the Tesla coming up with this huge autopilot truck, it's going to come out. And yeah, within five years, Chris, I, I can only imagine what type of products will there when my daughters, you know, become like 20 years old. I don't know what kind of world will. They'll, I'll tell you what, Justin, they'll look at you and they'll think you're a dinosaur. They'll think you, <laughs> oh, dad doesn't know anything compared to, but, but I, we all go through that. Trust me. But yeah. one of the, one of the things that I was real interested to, to hear you just talk about it. this because the, the Illumina stuff is very interesting to me. I think, you know, but this is a kind of a supply chain transportation oriented uh, mm -hmm. podcast. So uh, the one thing I've noted is that the younger crowd, the your generation and even younger that's coming out of schools. When I went to school, there was no logistics program, none. Mm. Our logistics program was go out and figure it out. That was our logistics program. Right, and now right. there are there are people like yourselves and even younger that are coming into the industry that have a a book understanding of logistics in general. Now, right. I always think there's a big gap between trying to look at spreadsheets and actually figuring out what a company like Illumina or Samsung or anyone else is trying to develop and do. And you have to have that real world experience. But I also I've also been doing this a very, very long time, so I may be looking at that wrong. Where do you, as I know you think you've been in it a long time, but where do you as a younger person in this industry see some of the main challenges? Yeah, um, 
So right now, when I look at as my coworkers and my age groups, um, they're definitely you know started going to school for the supply chain basis. For example, MIT is offering now supply chain master's degree, and you know we're really really wanting to learn more detail about you know what's really behind of the supply chain. And as you know that. Now there's so many, um, what do you call, um, certification courses you can take with the supply chain. Apex is one of them is providing, you know, CSCP, Certified Supply Chain Professional um, Certification, CPIM, and all the type of stuff are out there. And really, you know, you know, you can actually learn and study and then get the degree out of it. So, right. yeah, I've seen. I personally myself, um, I just took a few courses from, um, you know. Harvard online you know, certification courses, but I'm also studying for the CSCP course because it sounds it, it seems like in my department everyone has that now the CSCP or those type of certification mastering in you know, specific supply chain portion. So yeah, I mean definitely there's a lot of people spending time on studying, going to school, get a degree, and be more professional on the specific supply chain market and you know Chris as you know there's so many things to learn it's just not about delivering from point A to B more and more I study about this it's just crazy how much detail behind of the supply chain and there's still a lot of things to learn you know it's funny because I talk to people outside the industry all the time and you know in the last couple of years primarily because of uh, the pandemic and, su and supply issues with everything from toilet paper to bacon, you know, um, people have understood there's more about the supply chain going on than they ever thought. So I love that, that it's being exposed to an outside group, but I think the complexity of it is lost on most people. And I think you hit on that and, you know, getting these certifications, learning more, and you're, you've always been a very analytical person. I, I don't know anybody that manages a spreadsheet better than Justin Lim, but certainly not me. <laughs> but, but the thing I go back to all the time is underneath all that is data management. You know, exactly. it's big data management. It's finding patterns. It's understanding from a transportation logistics standpoint, how do you get your component parts or your replacement parts or things like that to where they need to go in a most efficient, effective manner? And yeah. the, the downfall of that has always been the, the modalities, the components, whether it's somebody on the ocean, like what's happening now when you see ships parked off every port in the world, just sitting there waiting for the next, you know, war right. to break out or, or uh -huh. you know, pandemic to happen or whatever the case may be. And there's so much volatility involved that I wonder if we aren't going into more of a reactive stage in supply chain. We used to be very proactive. Everybody was Six Sigma or, you know, the, the using things like uh, the Toyota way and things like that to understand efficiencies. And now it's like, I, I'm sure half your battle is, okay, we need it. We need it now. And we got to pay whatever it takes to get it there. Exactly. So that's a great point, Chris. I mean, ever since pandemic, you know, this whole supply chain and the constraint and this capacity issues has been, Really, really bad. So starting from 2020, as you can see, my, our revenue has been actually dropped. Um, I think all other companies did. And um, because as, as I told you, we are mainly utilizing air, air capacity and everyone stopped traveling starting from the pandemic. Right. So airline capacity has been dropped per IATA um, about 50% and more. So are they recovering? The short answer is not. 
really for the international because there's still this market is so volatile and then you know there's all new type of variants coming up and this is really impacting international travel so whether what they're doing right now is the you know airline is not increasing international capacity instead they're raising the rate to recover their loss back in the, the pandemic right. so yeah i mean we are doing whatever we can do to get it on the plane and then pay whatever the car uh, carrier is asking, and which is driving about two times more within two years. We we our transportation spend has been increased about two times. Well, the the problem is there's so, no ability to budget at all. Exactly, it, it, air market as you know, Chris is, is we call it lobster price. We you don't know how much is for tomorrow. <laughs> market. <laughs> it's a market price. It's spot rate based. So. Yeah. The contract here is no longer there. Uh, we don't even talk about contracted rate anymore. We we talk about, hey, what's going to be the month-to-month -month base uh, bidding type of uh, stuff at this moment? And then still the rate is just, uh, even carrier doesn't know because it's really market-driven and our airline is planning for the uh, next couple months. You know? And so it's just really, really tough, tough situation. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and I used to be able to say I could look at the crystal ball and kind of see the patterns over the last 20 30 years and know that certain things are going to happen and that's all out the window you know it mm -hmm. just it just completely changes and every time something volatile happens it seems to roll all the way downhill the bottom line is it goes to the consumer all this supply chain stuff which if you look mm -hmm. at inflation and the different categories that they measure that by transportation is by far the worst part of that and, and you know, the, the i don't see a change in soon yeah, I'm sorry. Right? And then also inflation, and you you made a good point. Inflation is all time high since 2010. And then you know, look at jet fuel now; it's 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 skyrocket. So I mean, it's all that is adding up to the transportation cost, and it's just really really hard position here. Yeah. 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 Well, I, but it obviously sounds like you've transitioned from the from the standard larger shipment type of scenario to the very volatile very nimble kind of scenario you've had to deal with 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 alumina right exactly. and that's great that's great yeah. and i congratulate you on that i i actually want to uh, I'm, I'm putting together a small panel coming up in the next month or so where mm -hmm. i want to get four or five people again mm -hmm. younger people that are really looking to do some things in the industry uh to to kind of have a q a so I'd love to invite you to that when I get a chance. Oh, yeah. When we get a chance, because yeah, we'll be yeah. you've always, I've always found you add to the 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 dialogue real well. Um, you, know, you don't you don't have the experience I do, but you you've gotten to, you've gotten baptism by fire, as the saying goes. So, thanks, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to be in it. Uh, you know, send me over the invite, and yeah, that'll be a great discussion, actually. Yeah, and you know, the one of the things I'm trying to do with these type of podcasts is it's it's not new. Podcasts have been around for a while, but our industry in general has not exposed itself well. And not that I'm the greatest voice in the world or, or um, person to, to look at in the world on these podcasts for this information, but I, I think the more that we go about doing this kind of thing, the more people become interested in this business and the better we can do with with moving the ball forward because as it is we we tend to just throw money at things the government does that 
industries do that, your company, my company, we all do that when things get volatile. You know, we've got to come up with a better way to handle this stuff. Exactly. And 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 Chris, now, like the shippers like us, you know, um, we need to have some visibility how other shippers are paying for the transportation. So now, if you think about it, there's so many tools out there and then also vendors, like system, like now it's all about the system and the apps, right? And then this, this one of the vendor we use provides the visibility on how airline is charging to 3PL or the carriers and how much is carrier shippers are paying. So we have that month by month data visibility of how, what is the market rate and how the shippers are paying. So, I mean, those tools as a shipper perspective, it really helps to make sure that we are not overpaying for certain lanes because we're dealing with so many different lanes. And yeah. it's, it's, it's all about the database, you know? It, absolutely, and it gives you yeah. benchmarks to work off of. And of course, exactly. if you find out that you're way under that mark, I'm sure you don't mm -hmm. say anything at all. You just take it and get as much freight moving you know. as possible. So, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it, I, I know this was kind of a brief conversation, but it's very much appreciated. And again, I wanted just to give some people a feel for another part of the logistics industry that a lot of people don't think about. And, you know, the 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 fact is, is that it takes a lot of links in the supply chain to get things where they're going, where they belong and to continue to make them work for all of us, because all of it runs downhill. If, if people aren't able to just using Illumina's example, if if the government all over the world, governments all over the world weren't able to properly sequence these different uh, contagions that get out there then there's no way to develop vaccines for them. So it, you are, in, that's an important element to our society in general, but everybody kind of backs up and doesn't look at the supply chain side of that with any kind of focus. And that's exactly. part of our is to get with that focus. Exactly. We have a lot of great, um, we have a lot of responsibility to make sure that to happen by delivering and then, you know, to make sure we're running the business in all worldwide. So um, yeah, a lot of, uh, eyes on it and a lot of expectation on it right yeah well again thank you justin very much for taking a few minutes very much appreciated and i hope to have you on again real soon all right sounds good chris thank you hey justin thanks again for coming on with us for a few minutes it was a pleasure to have you and get your insights into illumina the supply chain challenges that you have and that uh, the industry in general has going forward is it's blossoming into a giant, giant industry, of course. And uh, I think a lot of people don't recognize the complexity of, of supply chain in general in all these different industries. And having you on to talk a little bit about that was fantastic. We hope to have you again very, very soon. If much appreciated. Hey, everybody, come see us on ilovelogistics.com where we can see this video. You can see our curated and aggreg aggregated information on a daily basis. As a matter of fact, sign up for the email. It will come right to your, e your inbox. You can see brief little snippets about the industry and about a lot of different things that may or may not be important to you for that given day. And that's the idea, to give you short little bites of information so that you can go about your day and learn and grow more in the industry that you belong to. Those outside of the industry as well are welcome, of course, because that's what's what, about, what it's about. It's about growing the community. It's about making this conversation about supply chain and logistic transportation industry larger because it is important to everyone out there. So again, join us. We'll see you again soon on the next edition of Jaws Bites.